our fine listeners and welcome to the Media Beat, episode 25, the anniversary edition. Yes, we've been going a year and we've stacked 25 episodes, that's more than two a month, folks, uh, into that year. Um, I think we always had an idea when we started that we'd keep going and going and we're enjoying it more and more. Uh, We're getting more and more guests on board and uh, higher and higher level of content packed into the 45 to 50 minutes that we're with you. Um, So long may we continue. And may I first say uh, congratulations to Maureen for lasting a year. Well done, Maureen. Thank you so much, Oliver. And also uh, the exact same amount of congratulations to you, Claire. Well done for pulling through for these 25 fine episodes. And well done to you, Oliver, for shepherding us through this past year. It's been fantastic. Yeah, it has. It's been great fun. And thank you very much. Yeah, we've really we've really got ourselves a brand here, which we must protect, which we will be today because we have a packed programme as ever. We'll be talking about Microsoft and Activision, uh, which is something that actually probably predates our first episode. Uh, We'll be talking about the Netflix results, uh, Maureen um, giving us some analysis on that. And of course, we have to talk about TV news anchors. I think you probably know what we're talking about. We have in the news, as always, and our lightning fast round. So I think we should uh, dive straight in. So the Microsoft uh, Activision um, a merger or, or purchase or whichever way around you want to call it. Uh, Claire, this has been going on, has it not, since probably before we came on air the first time? Yes, I wonder we should go back and listen, but I wonder even if we didn't mention it in our very first episode. But yes, in January 2022, so over a year ago, Microsoft announced that they wanted to acquire Activision, which is one of the biggest uh, games developers. Uh, they do Call of, Duty, Call of Duty, and they own also the owner of Candy Crush. So they have a sort of very wide range of um, of, of games, and that was a very big deal. And it got picked up by the competition authorities in three uh, legislations: the U.S., the European Union, and the U.K. And since then, it has been investigated by these three competing competition authorities. And there have been various back and forth. The EU in particular has asked for a lot of clarifications. They've made noises that uh, Microsoft may have to dispose of some of Activision's assets, etc. But no no official decision had been taken. And to be honest, the sense, I think, from the markets, and and Maureen will have a view on this, was that we were slowly inching towards some sort of compromise that would have um, made it possible for the deal to come through. But... Rather surprisingly, last week, uh, the UK Competition Authority, the CMA, has uh, announced that they were blocking the deal. And that came, I think, as a huge shock to Microsoft, which, uh, to be honest, doesn't speak very highly of their lobbying capacities, because normally you avoid big shocks like this when you deal with competition authorities and you sort of manage the process. And clearly this, this came completely out of left field. And they are absolutely furious. They... they The reason the CMA gave to block the deal is also rather surprising. It doesn't have anything to do with the games market as it is today, which actually would not really be influenced by this merger because it's dominated by Sony, Sony PlayStation as a platform. And uh, Microsoft had already said that all of the Activision games would still be available on Sony. So that wasn't really an issue. It's, It's sort of Uh, talking about the cloud gaming market as it might be in the future and the risk that Microsoft Activision might have too big an influence in that market, which is at the moment, I mean, a lot of people think it might get quite big, but right now it's a very small market and it's not growing quite as fast as a lot of people 
were expecting. And so uh, the people who are rubbing their hands in glee right now are Sony PlayStation, because this plays right into what they wanted. And uh, in fact, I would say that this, this proves that they have uh, significantly better lobbyists than, than Microsoft or Activision. But the Microsoft, uh, the UK uh, management of Microsoft and Activision have come out very, very angrily and very strongly against this decision and I've said that this proves that the UK you know is being is being completely sidelined that they don't care about it anyway that they want to spend more time in the European Union and you know this is not they have not gone quietly into that good night so what will happen now is anybody's guess they are still waiting for answers from the other two uh, regulators but yeah that's that's sort of where we are Maureen, what's the uh, what, what's uh, the the vibe from your perspective and from the market perspective on this? So, so um, I, Claire's absolutely right. I think um, so, certainly Sony uh, put their best foot forward, um, saw this uh, potential merger as as a threat to, to to PlayStation. It would, you know, the games sitting on Xbox would uh, would clearly sort of take part of their their market a significant proportion of their market for, for PlayStation so they saw it as 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 a, as a real threat um, we understand that the um, there is an appeals process uh, for the CMA but talking to some of the lawyers and, and one of the lawyers at Sheridan's that I spoke to uh, was saying that it is an absolute nightmare uh, to go through the appeals process uh, uh, in the UK CMA, um, rarely does anyone uh, uh, succeed. So, so it's a, it's a, it probably really is a no no. Even though Microsoft are pretty angry and were caught short, uh, in, and as 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 Claire said, uh, we 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 probably should just write it off in terms of in terms of the UK market. We, we've heard some commentary that surely they can just you know um, you know geofence certain parts of the game or you know some practical and tactical ways of dealing with this uh, what, what, what the CMA is deemed to be a, comp a true competitive threat and, and, and a market dominance factor that's led to them to to say no to the deal um, but I, but I'm not quite sure if um, if they're going to be open through an appeals process to consider you know anything of, of, of that nature so um, yeah so uh, if if this deal does not go through, if, for example, the European Union plays a similar card uh, to the UK, uh, then there's a breakup fee of, I think, to the tune of about three billion for Activision. I know it's quite significant, but um, I mean, it is a sixty-nine billion dollar, you know, acquisition fee, <laughs> acquisition cost to start with. Um, yeah, so the breakup fee is pretty significant. So we'll we'll see. But yeah, I, I'm sure um, you know Sony is feeling rather good about itself, um, as, as probably it should, to say that it's uh, it's steer cleared of what could have been a pretty significant uh, market threat. I mean, there is another angle to this, which is that um, the US has been pretty vocal about uh, forcing foreign technology and content companies to obey US laws. Uh, you know, the, we've talked about we talked about specifically about TikTok recently, but there are others, uh, and um, so this feels a little bit. But I, so the surprising thing is that it's coming from the UK, which is not where I would have seen it come come from. But the fact that they are so incensed by other play, people playing this game uh, on US company has a certain irony to it. 
Just a general question from a layman. Um, as you know, there is convergence in media uh, and maybe there's bigger players. Do Does the kind of regulation function with regard to what makes a fair um, merger and not fair merger become more complex or has it always been a complex subject and it's just a sort of subject matter that's changing? I guess, uh, Maureen, what do you feel? It, it, it's always been, I mean, the role of the, the CMA, the Competition and the Markets Authority, is is to really truly look at whether or not, you know, um, uh, a company will have dominance and dominance could will be 30%, 50%, 60% of the market. And we saw, and uh, uh, I think it was it was last year, you know, and Claire was talking specifically about the French market around, you know, press, publication and media, where um, RTL was, or Bertelsmann, uh, was not able to uh, complete its uh, its sale of M6 to TF1. So, so the role of the authority is to clearly define the market in which these companies are sitting in. But with, as you've pointed out, Oliver, you know, um, digitization, you know, new platforms, technology coming through, really changing the nature of the market and, and globalization. Yeah, and glo- exactly and globalization. You've got this issue where. Where, where the CMA is somewhat behind, and, and they will attest to that, lawyers attest to that, all of these uh, uh, folks that are, are actually surrounded by this and, and trying to lobby quite hard to help define uh, their markets, uh, uh, the, the, the regulation is some way behind. So it's always been behind, it's always been tricky, that's why they have these long drawn out processes where you have independent consultants or independent lawyers helping to try and define the market. Um, but it's, it's, it is definitely you know, really backwards in that regard. So I, I would imagine if we looked at the papers, perhaps, if we looked at the papers, perhaps, that would not necessarily be a market description that you and I would recognise, um, perhaps. So I think that's an interesting, I mean, I 100% agree with you, Maureen, that it's it's become, the definition of market has become almost impossible to come about and indeed in the EU in France the problem was too these two broadcasters would have had a dominant position in the broadcast market but they would argue that that market doesn't exist anymore with streaming platforms etc in this case weirdly it feels like the 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 CMA has gone and defined a a market that had that doesn't even exist yet so they went the opposite they went very much going we are trying to look forward and not look at the market as it is today but think about the market as it would maybe 10 15 years from now or even three four years from now if i if cloud gaming really takes off and in that future market we are concerned about the position of microsoft activision which you know, it, I don't know if it's better or worse or the same. It, it comes back to this issue that nobody really understands how to define markets anymore. Yeah, I, I would agree. And and, and I think also I, I, I was talking to a few people as well around Microsoft's reaction. So it, it's, it, it is sulking for sure, but it's also doing some significant deals behind the scenes. So it's, uh, it's, it is catching up and it's doing a lot more activity. I think NVIDIA and it's got other a range of, uh, um, of uh, partnerships, commercial partnerships that is put in place uh, in order to propel and accelerate its uh, cloud gaming uh, vision and uh, and strategy. But um, it's 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 an interesting one. Yeah. What do you think, Claire? Do you think Europe will lose? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think Do you think European Union will will put thumbs down to it as well because they're they're they're, they're as, I don't know. It's, I mean, I think that, that certainly in the US, they were, they haven't said no yet, but they have 
ask for significant changes to the deal and so has the EU. So their their position seems to have been let's find a way to make it happen, but ask for concessions. That seems to have been the dialogue according to what we read in the paper, rather than come out and say no. But they haven't said yes either. And it has, as we've just said, it's been a while. On the plus side, this will free up cash for Microsoft to buy Netflix, which was obviously Maureen's prediction of probably already a year ago, but it now it's, it's you know, it could happen now. <laughs> I've still got my pound on that bet with Betfair. But, uh, I, I might get yeah. it, so I hope that happens. Um, yes, it makes you feel sorry for regulators and lawyers for about a split second and then and then not really. Um, yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, we have to move on. Uh, Maureen, yes, uh, Netflix results. Um, I wonder if you could um, quickly take us through the uh, headlines and um, just give you give you give a bit of an of your world famous analysis on uh, on what this all means. Thank you very much on the world famous analysis. I love. That. Oh yes. yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, I ha- I have to say it. I'm, I'm still I'm still there in that sort of uh, in that quadrant that Netflix will be acquired by Microsoft. And thank you, Claire. I'm I'm, I'm so glad you're supporting that. Uh, that uh, that that philosophy and indeed prediction. So uh, roll forward, uh, let's say to 2024, then I think it could happen. Yeah, possibly. Anyway, Netflix. So what's happening with Netflix? So on that note, you might recall um, a few, uh, it could have been a few months ago where there was rumours and speculation, and this was sitting in our um, probably rumours section. Uh, the Netflix was a bit sort of tired and weary of, of Microsoft and was going to sort of, you know, uh, backtrack and withdraw from its partnership and commercial partnership. And I said, that's a load of rubbish. Uh, well, I, 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 I stand by that statement. Um, uh, certainly as Netflix results, there's probably three major themes coming out of out of their results. Uh, and one of them is uh, to say that they believe they're onto a really good start, a really good start with um, uh, on their ad funded side of things. Um, and certainly they are doubling down on um, everything advertising. So they've extended their, they haven't extended their Microsoft two-year partnership, but what they've done is to really signify uh, the, the, the support uh, and the platform that Microsoft is bringing um, is certainly, certainly a good one. So they have moved across into programmatic private marketplace, which is really interesting. And they've also uh, set up uh, two more uh, commercial arrangements and relationships with two very significant um, actors in this space, and that is Double Verify and also uh, Integral Advertising. I always forget what the S stands for, but it's something like Solutions. It might not be that, but uh, very, very good, very good, um, very good companies. Uh, so um, I think the Netflix management team, rightly so, should be proud of their efforts. It is slow. Um, but nonetheless, I think they are persevering and going down the right track. Um, the other area is um, y- you'll know that you know monitoring their share price is and will be volatile uh, depending on the number of subscriptions that, or net subscribers that they get. Uh, that was a bit disappointing for the street, or as we call it for uh, the, the, the UK analysts community or the international analyst community. And the street is the one that we refer to in the US. Uh, a bit disappointing. Um, the net subscribers isn't as uh, at a pace as it once was. Um, and that in turn will, will have an impact on the revenue. So, so revenue slightly off, um, minimal, but nonetheless uh, off and not necessarily meeting expectations. Um, and 
That said, though, I think the management team have really got control over their costs. So profitability was fantastic. Cash conversion was brilliant, uh, which which probably has enabled them to stay firm and solid on their content spend because Netflix is all about content spend. And as we know, um, I mean, this is it's ridiculously high numbers, but um, um, you know they've hit about seventeen billion dollars of content spend. That they say will remain flat this year going into 2024, the same, but I mean, it's just an amazing amount of money. They sit behind a very good slate, some fantastic programming that's been put out. I, for one, have been a big fan and I think I've actually binge watched all of Night Agent. If you haven't seen it, it's absolutely phenomenal. It's brilliant. Um, so doing very well, doing very well on the, you know, scripted comedies. Um, uh, their slate looks looks healthy. Um, so all in, all in all, I think they're, they're showing really good signs on, on the content side, being very smart with their spend um, in terms of allocation. Um, and I think we're going to continue to see some really good uh, pipeline uh, of, of, of good TV programming uh, to really retain their subscribers. So I think it's about retention of subscribers. It's about working through um, and not losing or downgrading Know, from their standard packages to their uh, uh, ad packages, but they're actually attracting and still getting good subscribers plus ads um, and uh, revenue associated with that. They say that's quite slow. Um, so, so I think all in all, across the three major areas of content spend, across their new programming of uh, ad platforms and advertising funded subscriber base, um, I, I think they're doing they're doing extremely well um, in terms of the password sharing and. You know, I think they're getting to grips with that. I think they're trying to put in, in, in a new sort of program of activities around that. I, 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 I applaud them for what they've been doing uh, this quarter. So um, I don't know if, if Claire, if you've seen anything, any holes, or you, you, you agree with a kind of like outlook. Um, but I, but I think, I think they're going down the right route. Um, I know you're a big gamer and you've been monitoring their gaming. Uh, but they don't seem to be doing much in that, and they don't talk about much of monetizing gaming at this stage. Uh, but otherwise, I think they're doing, I think they're pretty solid and very long still on 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 Netflix. Yeah, I think there were good results. I also think it's really really interesting thing because you know I th- I think they were always solid, but expectations were really really high, and to some extent they're still doing what they were doing. They what you can commend them on is that they haven't really overreacted to pressures of the market and they have continued to follow the fundamentals, which is subscriber growth, advertising revenues and and content. And they've done that uh, quite successfully. I've never thought the games, I mean, yes, I'm a gay. I never thought the Netflix games were going to amount to much more than a marketing expense, but you know, as a marketing spend, why not? It's it's fine. I'm not surprised they're not sharing the numbers. I'd be very surprised if the numbers were significant, but you know, it's 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 fine. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the password sharing crackdown. There is clearly, and an, some of this is announcement. They want to tell people that they're serious about trying to grow their paid subscriber numbers, and that makes sense. It's going to be one of these things that's very, very difficult to implement. Now, it, um, because yes, of course, they, they, they tell you that you have to 
be at home every Thursday so that your IP address can be matched but with your home IP address, immediately people saying, yes, but I have two homes and I spent six months here, six months there, and there are so many different ways. So then they're saying, well, you're going to have to have a two-factor identification. You can send a code, but people can send codes over. You know, there's, there's going to be there it's they're going to make it more difficult to share passwords but it's almost impossible frankly to crack down completely on it so i think at the margins it will help i think what would really significantly help is if they what they want to do is for, is for people to have sub accounts now the people who did this very successfully and i know because i've been a client from day one is spotify who Spotify knew very well that uh, a lot of grown-ups with children had one Spotify account and all their children on the same account, and they introduced a family subscription, which was quite significantly more expensive, but allowed everybody in the family to have their own playlist. It meant that if you had young children, you weren't listening to Baby Shark on repeat every, you know, you could you could clean up your Spotify Unwrapped, which was obviously the key the key factor here. Uh, Netflix already offers a lot of this with their profiles, uh, and so uh, there's less incentive for people to organize different sub-accounts. So we, I think they need a carrot and a stick. At the moment, they're focusing a lot on the stick, and until they come up with an interesting carrot, I'm not sure it will take off dramatically. Uh, that said, I have no idea what, whether the Spotify family uh, subscription has been successful, but I think it has, actually. I'll have to look it up. Anyway, we'll see. I think it's one of these interesting concepts that is going to be quite difficult to make work in reality. Uh, um, yeah, we've got the family uh, one, and thank thank goodness as well, because we've got extremely difficult and eclectic musical tastes in my family. And if I have had to listen to, oh, it just shivers down my spine thinking of uh, not my, my, <laughs> my wife's playlist would serve me on a regular basis. It, it all goes back to what I've always said is that we should be assigned, uh, it, all humans should be assigned an IP address at birth and tracked throughout their lives through that IP address. And in fact, probably charged to that IP address. That would save such a lot of... Yeah. Um, I think we could go straight to just an, a chip. A chip yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. I mean, what, what what could possibly go wrong with that? And fantastic PR for any government that would like yeah. to introduce it. Um, we have to yeah. move on to some uh, more juicy stuff uh, across across the pond. Uh, anchors. So not the things that keep ships in place in the open sea when they cannot be tethered to the land, but those uh, people who host news shows um, over in the States. Now, we've all heard about Tucker Carlson, um, but there are other players in this as well. Uh, Maureen, can you try, please, to unpick the mess and tell us why Tucker's leaving, why Don's leaving, what's been going on and, and what does it what does it all mean to the world? Oh, yes. I mean, gosh, that was uh, that is definitely juicy. And I think it took everybody su by surprise, including Tucker Carlson himself, who was apparently told like 10 minutes uh, after his uh, show or 10 minutes on. No, sorry, forgive me. It was uh, just before the Monday morning. Uh, I think group where they get together and talk about um, you know the day's events, what they call it in the trade, the conference, um, because he had told his uh, viewers, his significantly large number of viewers on the Friday night, uh, see you, have a great weekend, be well, I'll see you on Monday, and of course he did not appear on Monday. Now we don't know, but we think there's a strong correlation between the Dominion um, uh, voting systems machines. Uh, uh, lawsuit against Fox, uh, which is the uh, the news network that uh, that has uh, uh, 
that has enabled Tucker Carlson to host a primetime show for many years. Uh, we don't know if there's a connection here, but Fox had to uh, uh, settle out of court uh, to the tune of, say, $780 million, um, which is uh, no small change and probably the largest payout in a defamation case that has involved a media company. It's very difficult to um, claim uh, defamation against a media company when a media company you know, simply just reports on facts. So, um, yeah, ama- amazing, absolutely amazing. But, yeah, Tucker Carlson's out. Rupert Murdoch, apparently, he would possibly be the one who made the decision, um, uh, said, no more, matey, out you go. Um, and Tucker Carlson is out on his own. Um, but interestingly, on the same day, um, at another, um, let's call it sort of in probably polar opposite in terms of its uh, political stance, uh, at CNN, Don Lemon um, was also fired um, for a different set of reasons. And I'm sure Claire can can can, can step in here and, 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 and talk eloquently about, uh, about, about that. Um, but it's amazing, on the same day, right and left, in terms of the political spectrum, fired their most, let's say, um, well-known hosts or anchors, as they call them, but extraordinary um, in terms of uh, activity. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think from right and left, is, you know, CNN's just announced that they're planning a town hall with Donald Trump. So I think, you know, those, those, bear, those, those boundaries are getting blurred. Uh, the Tucker Carlson thing, smacks the Rupert cleaning house. I think he's had a really bad year. Did, did we say that his engagement got cancelled? You know, that's really sad. Poor, we did, Rupert. Yeah. We talked about yeah. his engagement, but actually he's not getting married anymore. And it was true love uh, so, as well. She was the one as it well. Was, it, was, she was, it was definitely true love. I think um, I think the Dominion settlement is, was a huge embarrassment. And I think he got... A, and some of the Tucker Carlson content that came out of this looked really bad. And I think Rupert has a rule that nobody can be bigger than him. And Carlson was getting really big. And he actually thinks that he, he Rupert, the Burdock family, feel that they can they can create a, they created him and they can create another one. It's sort of the idea. But also they they do want to they do want to clean up. I it'll be interesting to see what happens to Fox eventually uh the sentiment is that lachlan murdoch who's currently running the fox business doesn't quite have the same vision as his father i mean he has good advisors and he certainly isn't uh you know he he knows what he's doing but he doesn't quite have the same the same breath and um ambition and so is it like succession yeah it's a lot like succession. There are rumors that James Murdoch, who's the younger brother, uh, has been feeding storylines to the succession writers. I don't know if that's true. Let's, let's pretend it's true because it would be amazing if it was true. Uh, but I mean, the, the, the interesting thing was that Don Lemon got canceled, canceled and fired as well. Don Lemon had made some disparaging comments about women. Uh, in a very visible way. Tucker Carlson, not really a feminist either. I think it's fair to say there are those who would see this as a second wave of Me Too scandals. 
I don't think so. I actually think the Me Too scandals in the news uh, industry in the US is still, the, you know, you only get fired if your audience isn't there anymore. And Don Levin's audience was shrinking and that's why he's out. And it's easy enough to blame his um, misogynistic views. But I would say that if, still, if he still had the sort of audience that he used to, he would, he would have stayed. <laughs> So, uh, you know, the, 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 I suspect that this is more about the, a change in the value equation of what those superstar anchors are bringing. They're very expensive to keep. Are they actually worth it? There's, there's a bit of a change in thinking. And, and what's the future for news network or for news generally? BuzzFeed News is just closed down. I think Vice News, they closed down or downsize or something. Uh, those were all the, uh, the, the, yeah. new, the new baby news networks and they haven't really held out. CNN Plus was cancelled last year. We talked about this. Fox News just had to pay out this big, big uh, pay, um, payment. Question marks around the future of, of, of news, to be honest, generally, which is, which is a bit scary. Yeah, I think it was a commercial decision for sure. I agree with you, Claire. Um, I think I think the day after the settlement was announced um, at Fox, um, uh, Tucker Carlson's show, he was doubling down on his statements regarding the big lie of the 2020 election. Um, and I think it was becoming more and more d- difficult for advertisers, brands and the like to, to advertise against his segment. So I think a combination of having to write a big check and not being able to truly monetize his show, and as you say, he's a very expensive uh, anchor, I think the commercial decision was pretty obvious to to, to, to let, let him go. And I think you're right, Don Lemon was moved from prime time to the morning show and the morning show wasn't... Uh, wasn't really performing uh, as, as 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 well as it as it could have. So I agree with you. I don't think it's a Me Too movement. I think it's a, I think it's a commercial decision. Yeah. But yeah, what is the future of news? Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure in 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 upcoming episodes we'll be able to discuss that in much more detail. Yes. Well, is it? Could we have a mystery guest coming? That would be very exciting. Oh, what a tease. One of the things which. One thing that we can discuss with these mystery guests, if they do appear, is 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 advertising around news, which is a, which has been a problem for news network from the beginning because advertisers don't because news are depressing. Nobody wants to be advertising around depressing news, and so those sort of magazine shows with with famous anchors are helpful because they're allowing uh, news networks to sell premium advertising when they can't always really sell the, the, the content around the breaking news shows. Oh, oh fascinating. It's a uh, cutthroat in America. Absolutely. It was funny how Sean was saying how much she enjoyed America, wasn't she? And how the, the most talented people she'd worked in last week, she was telling us, um, were those people in America. And, and the, the depth of knowledge that they uh, that they all had had really impressed her. Um, if you haven't listened to Sean, um, episode 24 uh, on all good podcast platforms, please do so. We have to move on now. Uh, and uh, I'm very happy to announce in the news. And in the news this time, uh, we're going to be talking about Omnicom, we're going to be talking about the online safety bill, and we are going to be talking about continued layoffs, uh, including Meta and other organisations. And to start with our special correspondent, um, I quite like this uh, news anchor role, or I'll probably get fired, won't I, unless I'm commercially viable or uh, bigger than Murdoch. (laughs) Uh, Our first story tonight, our lead story tonight, um, Omnicom, the advertising 
holding firm, Maureen has that story. Maureen. Okay, and it's Omnicom, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, just oh, I thought I said we, that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and we said, uh, just in case we call it Omnicrom, uh, as in uh, COVID days, but no, that's wonderful. No, no, so, so, so just briefly then, um, we've all been discussing, you know, the, uh, the, the, the impending or the, um, the imminent sort of recession. Um, and, 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 and in media, we always, you know, look to bellwethers, and that is the advertising industry. And uh, Omnicom, or rather I should say Zenith, WPP, a number of these big holcos, they come up with their forecasts for the, uh, for the year. Um, and last year, last December, they reforecast uh, their growth um, numbers uh, for 2023 down from 8% to 6%. 6% is still a, gosh, that's a good number. Uh, however, it was you know, down by two points. Um, and, and Omnicom publicists, uh, these holcos have in the last quarter shared their numbers uh, with us. And I think it's safe to say that um, you know that they're not they're not well beating. They're still probably on track, uh, but there is a sense of uh, of caution, you know, across their numbers. And I think that's a, that's you know it's a sensible thing to sort of think through and think about. Now we're not saying uh, you know recession is looming, um, but but nonetheless people are cautious. And some of the results um, or headlines, I should say, coming out of uh, um, Omnicron were along those lines. And and and, and I noted it down but it's sort of sensible conservative view to mitigate against the sort of the macro headwinds um you know against inflation against you know um, uh, wage inflation more, more broadly um uh, and of course the sort of um, uh, geopolitical issues that we we are surrounded by so i think the results overall though were were pretty good pretty 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 healthy and i think as i say that's a really good bellwether good barometer uh, for, for us in the media industry to, to, to feel comfortable that we can, you know, progress things. We have an eye on costs, of course, but th- th- to progress through 2023 without too much of a, an issue. That's the news from Omicrom. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Omicrom. I mean, Omicrom was uh, was one of them. The, all of the big agencies reported their their um, their numbers, and the and the IAB. Uh, also reported digital ad spend in the UK, which, as it turns out, also grew not insignificantly, 11% last year, uh, of course, down from the, the heights of the pandemic growth when you couldn't advertise anywhere else. So everybody was advertising online, but still not as bad as I think a lot of people thought it might get. So I think, yes, there's caution, but this cautious optimism, which is a bit more than we could say, I think, three, four months ago at the beginning of the year, where people thought, well, we're going straight into a really bad recession. This is not going away completely, but certainly from an advertiser's, advertising spend point of view, it's not looking as bad as perhaps people thought. And certainly on the internet advertising um, side, Paid search still very, very high, but the retail media sector, which we talked about in quite a lot of detail a couple of a couple of episodes ago, growing very fast and pulling a lot of the sector behind them. So that will be interesting to keep an eye on. And also added to that is the idea of sorry, focusing on uh, cost optimization as well. And all of these big mm. agencies are saying that they are embracing uh, generative AI. They're embracing ChatGPT to for automation of workflows for efficiencies and so on. So it's really good to see that. Um, love the idea that they are 
you know, um, really leveraging the open AI platforms and in particular ChatGPT Chat 3 and 4. So it's, uh, it's really good to see. I love this idea of your bellwethers uh, as well, Maureen, uh, Mystic Maureen uh, and her bellwethers. Uh, I can just imagine you out in your garden looking at the, uh, the indicator, the atmospheric indicator, see what's happening. And also you're <laughs> both giving an optimistic view today, which is probably what we need uh, after, a, after a bank holiday. Uh, that's fantastic. So, uh, Claire, over to you now. Yes, the, um, this is an interesting one, actually, I think. The online safety build, one of those things that sounds like a good thing because it has the word safety in it. Uh, but might have unintended consequences. Can you just take us through that story? Yes, well, there's been a story, Wikipedia, the site that a lot of people use as gospel these days, uh, has come out and said that if the online safety bill uh, goes through Parliament in its current shape, their site may end up being regulated against and banned for UK users. Now, whether that would happen or not, I don't know. But it shows the social, the, the, there's a lot of controversy around that bill. It's going through the Lords at the moment. And you can see that there are very much two points of view, which may or may not align with major parties. Some who want to keep our children safe. And I have put air quotes around this. But the idea that, you know, there is, there's a lot of, there's a lot of value in thinking children should not have unfettered access to pornography for instance yeah i agree with that and that's the sort of uh, that's the basis but then the wikipedia example shows how, where do you draw the line because they'll say well we have an article about pornography on our site you know the, the should it not be accessible for people under 18 where you know where does where does one draw the line and that's a very big question the second question being of course how do you prevent this is going back to the network the netflix password crackdown it's all very well to say you know we we don't no children will ever have access to porn sites fantastic now make it happen um the other angle being people who say this is this is uh, this is limiting personal liberties this is limiting freedom of, ex of expression we are not a censor that's not the role of government you know we should not be putting more and more layers of regulation i mean to be fair I don't think anybody's contesting the fact that very obvious adult sites should be regulated. But uh, the, again, the, the devil uh, in a lot of these regulations is in the detail. It's one in the detail and two in the implementation. The detail is as, as um, shown by the Wikipedia article. Uh, and the implementation, as we all know, it's, you know, it's very, very difficult. There are already a lot of rules to try and protect children from harmful content online. And most of them don't really work. Thank you, Claire. And moving on, finally, yes, we can't um, really have a news uh, item without talking about the continuing layoffs. Uh, Meta, I think, is one uh, victim. Um, or is it a reshaping? Is it a sign of uh, bad times to come? Or is it just a, a, a correction? Uh, Claire, um, I think you have some... You have some insight, views, analysis? I don't know if I'd say insight. Certainly, I, I have questions. I mean, I don't really know. The, 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 the message to the market is the big tech companies overhired during the pandemic and they are now correcting that by laying off people and focusing on, on profitability, which is fair enough. My question is, are they letting go of the same people that they hired? And that's what I don't really know. And they don't really tell us. And I think 
it's true that they are looking at the size of their staff and thinking we actually have too many people let's get rid of some of these but i think they're also using this opportunity to reshape their organization slightly and focus on different areas and quietly uh decreasing the focus on 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 some others um so i don't know much more than this and i certainly don't have any inside information about it but i'd be interested to see when the dust settles what those organizations look like in terms of staff breakdown so sort of a possibly a correction but also a, a, a timely uh, opportunity to look at the way your organization's structure makes a everything makes a you know you can look at everything as an opportunity right i don't think it let's put, let's put it that way i don't get the feeling that it was a first in first out or last in first out kind of process uh, mm. at any of these tech companies okay cool okay well thank you very much and that is for this time in the news and we now move on to of course uh, well, let's just call it lightning fast. But as we all know, uh, Maureen can corrupt the nature at of this game at will, uh, at any time, uh, in any way as well, uh, using visual uh, props, stimuli, uh, as well as the uh, old-fashioned aural. Uh, no, oral. Anyway, the one that where people make noises out of your mouth. Uh, so here we are. Uh, we are getting ready. We've got a few this week. Uh, in, in fact, we've got some newcomers and we also have some old friends for the record. Maureen is putting on a pair of glasses that make her look a sort of um, a, a cross between one of the banana splits and Roy Orbison. <laughs> um, <laughs> if anyone remembers the banana splits, uh, that would be quite funny if they don't possibly not so uh, let's crack on i'm going to start with maureen as ever at least i think i normally do uh quite an obvious one uh richard sharp our ex bbc chair talking about people losing their chairs uh richard sharp maureen well then i think roy orbison is pretty apt actually uh um <laughs> so sharp was not too sharp in sharpening his pencil and walking out of the bbc um so uh yeah a little bit of controversy about cronyism or nepotism some of the isms um, and a bit, a bit of a fanfare. Richard Sharp is a, a really smart guy, brings a lot of commercial nows to, to, to the BBC, but frankly, it all went sour um, and then needed to need to go. So. Okay, the thumbs down with shades. Um, Claire? Yeah, it's a, uh, I see it as a missed opportunity, I think, Again, smart guy from everything that I hear about him and, and potentially an asset. But when it started going wrong, which was quite a few weeks ago, he should have left then. Uh, and that would have been a better exit for him. And, and as a result, this is now turned into a bit of a circus. So missed opportunity. I don't know what the missed opportunity put emoji is. I'm going with Maureen's the thumbs down, double thumbs down kind of thing. Yeah, Not it's great. not so much um, looks missed bad. opportunity. Looks bad for yeah. everybody. Yeah. Missed opportunity not to Obviously. look as bad, really. So it's a bit of one of those. Um, yeah, but ones. you know, it's it's also something that's going to hurt the BBC long term, which is a bit unfair because I don't think they had much to do about. You know, they didn't really have much control over the situation, and I think the yeah. Anyway, so sad. Okay. But hey, uh, there's a vacancy. Maureen, do you want to fly? I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what. There are stranger things. <laughs> no. We could do a job share. <laughs> Oh, oh that's, yeah, actually, it does deserve what, probably half a day a week 
Yeah. So half a day exactly. for you, half a day yeah. for me, one day a week job. Yeah, Perfect. that's true. Yeah. Just effectively not for it, the job. Yeah, I'm not for it. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it slight, here first. Slight conflict of interest. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the first uh, joint chairmanship of the BBC. And would it be the first female chairmanship of the BBC? Have I got that right? Or has it, it been would female? In, it would yeah. indeed. Ew. Yeah, so it really deserves it. Yes, so we could, yeah. I could add the stats. <laughs> I think it would be. Oliver, I'll answer your question. Yes, I, I think, think it so. would. Yes. Yeah. Oh well, even uh, yeah, another uh, reason to do it. Uh, let's stick with you, Claire. Spotify. Yeah, Spotify. S- similar story to Netflix. Really good results, solid results after a couple of disappointing quarters. Nothing dramatic change, but the expectations were lower and the more than met them. Uh, revenues is still soft. Uh, they're still struggling a little bit with advertising. I think it's going to be a long road, but they are sticking at it. And hopefully they will start seeing seeing some results. What do I think? I, love, I like Spotify. I'm going to go with a, with a happy... I'm going to go with them, uh, you know, like the silent movies. Oh, the classic. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, very good use of hands there, as expected. Yeah. And Maureen, Spotify? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm still, I'm still concerned that they haven't made as much of the podcasts as they could have. They've not really, you know, made much money in terms of revenues, and YouTube have just flying past them in terms of, uh, you know, its own podcast initiative. So shame. I mean, I love it as a as a product. I love it as a consumer. Um, from a business perspective, I think they were they were a bit slow at putting prices up. I think they could do much more. I think they should grab a hold of initiatives and just go for it. They, they're always just, 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 just not there, you know, just not going 110% or Conservative, is it? So Cautious? I, yeah, conservative. So I'm a bit... Okay, wiggling hands, bit sort of hippie, <laughs> kind of. I think the words you're looking for, Maureen, are come see, come sa, which is something that no French person has ever said but English people <laughs> seem to think is the, the way French people speak all the time what we say in French is buff buff <laughs> everything buff. can be onomatopoeic into a into a noise yeah. can't yeah. it buff. from a, a ship a going down you can say a ship went down like this shlush, buff. all the way to a tiger <laughs> growling grag Anyway, uh, an S uh, of the noise, noises made by French people. Uh, thank you, uh, Maureen. Uh, just to let our listeners know who are worried that we're not embracing both platforms, we are available, sound only, on YouTube, um, as well as uh, all the other traditional, if you can say that, podcasting platforms, including Spotify. So wherever you absorb your um, podcast material, we're there for you. Uh, and we'll move on now. And it's with a heavy heart that we move on to the next one, because uh, it's someone that we have mentioned before, and it's someone that you could describe as blowing up billions of pounds of rocket um, being the second biggest mistake of his week, which uh, you can't say that too much about too many people. So we have to talk about Elon. I'll go to you first, Maureen, who's looking more and more like a Ramon um, as the podcast goes on. (laughs) So she's uh, miming a rocket going up. I think think it's a rocket and she's exploding. So I don't think, and she's flying off. And then she's going down. That is brilliant. It was uh, a perfect reenactment. Thank you, Maureen. Claire? This is this is my Chanel purpose. Yes, I mean, there's not that much. Put a big picture, <laughs> a, a, a very interestingly shaped object going up in the sky, you know, making every little boy out there very happy and then exploding in full flight. Not a great week for Elon. Although actually, for some reason, it didn't really come up as a huge thing. 
Uh, it wasn't really covered in the media. It's just something that happened. But yes, his he, rocket exploded. He was clever, though. Was he went, He went. that was a really good, we learned a lot from that first experiment. So uh, a really good week for us. I thought that was really clever. And Claire, please don't discourage little girls from being interested in rockets. Um, we need no, many more I was females thinking of the shape the... more than anything else. I, <laughs> right. I do, I do believe that women are should be interested in rockets and have been huge contributors to the rocket industry. Although maybe not Elon's. Yeah, absolutely uh, right. I, I, and can I can I just mention as well? So right, you're right, Claire. It, it wasn't covered in the mainstream uh, media because they, they they really couldn't be bothered with it. But it was covered by all the satirists and. Uh, all the uh, the comedians over in the US, including Stephen Colbert, who said this is a this is a this is a metaphor for how Elon Musk runs Twitter. <laughs> sort of quite an easy one, really. Quite easy material, but it he was. deserves it. Not, it was a slam dunk. Nonetheless, it was a basketball. Mm. Yeah, we we call these real world learnings when we make a cock up when we're implementing digital technology. We say that oh, is yeah. a fantastic Don't result. It's a real, real world, world learning. Yeah, we can and make. It's an expensive uh, real-world learning. Let me put it that way. Yeah, we can do yeah. some. Uh, 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 yeah, evidence-based pivoting. Uh, we can do from this point. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, Ed Sheeran. Uh, let's start with you, Claire. Ed Sheeran. Yes, Ed Sheeran is in court again to uh, say that he did not actually uh, infringe the copyright of a Marvin Gaye song when he list- when he wrote another song. And his main defense seems to be that he doesn't actually, he can't actually read music and therefore that he, he could not have copied it, something like that. I mean, to be fair, I think he's doing, he's, um, I think his case is pretty strong. And I, I think people, this sort of copyright infringement um, uh, cases are very hard to prove a lot of I mean, if you, if you think about the number of songs uh, of a specific period that are based on the same three guitar chords you know you could you could um, put a lot of copyrights claim in so i think he's looking good but he's had a tough year and poor ed although his album's coming out so hopefully now his, his ears gonna start looking up <laughs> yeah no, that's it. Don't have much more on poor Ed Little. Uh, but I think he'll... I, I, has he won or I think he'll win if he hasn't won yet? Maureen? I think we should know this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. probably. Quite sad. Yeah, quite sad. No, but today... today, Well, as we're, today's news is not about the copyright uh, issue. I think it was uh, that, that he's uh, um, suffering from a sort of family bereavement. So there, there was a quite a lot of coverage I was looking today, but it was a lot about... Oh, yes, because his documentary is just coming out. Yes, talking about his, his, complicated, his difficult year. Uh, but, yeah. No, he's, he's, he hasn't, he hasn't uh, won the case yet. I think he's looking, it's looking pretty good for him, but who knows? Yeah, he always seems like a nice guy, decent singer. I just can't listen to his material. And finally, in this month that we're in, which has an unprecedented three bank holidays, uh, or three separate bank holidays, uh, we're in Coronation Week, which is very exciting, uh, depending upon where you stand, Republican or otherwise. Uh, Bank holidays. Uh, Let me start with you, uh, Maureen. Well, yeah, it's, it's amazing, actually, that every single person I've spoken to um, really grumpy about the fact that, that we have three bank holidays in May. Um, like we have the two standard ones, sort of bookending May, and then we have the King's coronation. But I was just so like, why are you so grumpy? You know, come on, this is British this is fun. Okay, work hard. British, aren't they? It's really, and I think it's I think it's something to do with the weather, though. But that said, we had one day, I think one or two days of interesting sunshine. You could tell by the uh, 
by the uh, polarized fashion brigade of uh, seventeen thousand million people wearing their layers and coats and and big boots and double jackets, and then the other half of the population wearing shorts and flip flops. I mean, it's just classic British sort of you know um, uh, summertime uh, event. It's it's hilarious to see, <laughs> but I yeah I like bank holidays. I mean, you know, three in one month is a bit unusual. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I'm I'm running off to Bordeaux at the weekend for the King's coronation. So oh, lovely! That's almost treacherous, almost treacherous to actually be in France. It is. Uh, it is the a coronation. Bit, it is a bit. Yeah. So sorry about that. Yes, Claire, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good about the bank holidays. Uh, I'm not. I don't know about the coronation. It's an interesting one. Let's not get into it too much. But somebody told me it's just that yes, it's a historical event, probably once in our lifetime. But we've had like three of those in the last year, <laughs> and it does feel a little bit like that. You know, we're sort of we're tapped out on historical royal events uh, a little bit recently. That's that kind of how it feels. I think some of the Stuff, the coronation branded stuff in uh, in shops has started to go on sale already. So I don't know, but you know, it's always good to have a day off. Yay! It's funny, isn't it? I, I don't know whether people realise that um, state funerals and coronations very much often did follow one another due to the nature of death. Well, hereditary. Uh... I don't think anybody realises because the last one was in 1953. You know, when they nobody must was around. Can they not work out that for in order for the video coronation there has to be a new monarch? For all that, there's usually a piece of death. No, but before that we had the jubilee and we had you know the marriage and we had this and we had that the weddings. It's just been there's been a lot of those. It's been relentless, relentless, relentless celebration. Know, really, I'm absolutely sick of it. You've you've like, really taken on street, the British culture. Very, yeah, it's a very pro monarchy street, and nobody's putting up. I mean, the weather doesn't help. But I, I haven't heard of any street fairs. Absolutely sick of cucumber sandwiches and trifle. (laughs) Well, well done, Claire. You've taken on the British, uh, the British uh, um, way of sort of moaning about everything, even if it's a day off. Oh, perfect! Exactly. (laughs) Well done. Uh, Perfect anglophile. Uh, that's great well that was fun I'm going to enjoy the coronation I, I, I mean regardless of the fact that the guy's only there because he happened to be a relative of the most brutal person in the middle ages which seems slightly anachronistic but I'll still enjoy it because it's a day off and it's a chance to see some people poncing around it on horses so uh, it just remains for me to say oh this is quite a bumper edition as well we've got through quite a lot as ever but I will say uh, happy coronation Claire and hope you have fun and thank you very much uh, thank you very much, Oliver. Enjoy the cucumber sandwiches. I, I shall. And Maureen, likewise. How dare you, unless you are following Henry V into battle. <laughs> Spend your time in France during the coronation of our good king. Uh, hold your head in shame, but I hope you have a wonderful time. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you so much, Oliver. And uh, well, I, I, and also thank you very much, Oliver, for the 25th episode of uh, The Media Beat with Maureen and Claire. Here, here. Uh, we have had fun and as we have um, we have uh, teased we will have a special guest on the next one and uh, yeah it might be a subject that which we have been talking about quite a lot but we can tease no more than that other than to say thank you so much for listening to us in this episode and as many as you have throughout the year that we've been broadcasting we've had fun see you on the next one bye for now